0: Hi, I'm Evelyn Lau, Assistant Features Editor at the National, and you're listening to Recorded. I sat down with the one and only wrestling legend, The Undertaker, and talked about his 30-year career, his favorite wrestling moments, and unfinished business in the ring. You have been a big part of my childhood and everything else. You were—I was two years old when you debuted.
1: Two years if, old? Wow!
0: If you'd like all that <laughs> to age—not to age, age you—but um, so you know, it's been almost. Yeah, it's been about 30 years since you're, you know debuted at Survivor Series. And I'm always very curious to know, like, what was going through your head at the time? You know, were you as nervous coming out um, and debuting as maybe most people would be? Um, yeah, if you can just yeah. take me back to back then.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I just, I'd come from WCW, the other the other company, and now I've got this huge gimmick that they've you know this huge character they've put on me, and you know now you're at the you're at the WWE or WWF at the time. So yeah, needless to say, that was uh, that stiff, slow walk. That's uh, that was more nerves than it was character at that time. I mean, I was I was extremely nervous. I was I know I was going out. Uh, you know, waiting in the ring were the likes of Bret Hart and Jim the Anvil Nighthart and Dusty Rhodes, Coco Beware, all these guys, and and I'm about to go out there. And just all you know, annihilate all of them. Yeah, it was. Needless to say, I was extremely nervous and uh, thinking and hoping in my head, like, don't trip, don't don't fall, don't do anything. You know that because you know, it could have been it could have been all over before it even got started. Right, trip going up the steps, anything like that, because it was such a you know it was such a cool looking character compared to everything else. So yeah, those are all the thoughts that are running through my head. It's just don't do anything stupid.
0: Did it? Did it ever get? I'm sure eventually it got easier coming out.
1: It was no, just it way. did. It, it became much easier. And it's funny because people ask me that a lot, and I was like, "Well, I don't think the, you know they weren't as bad, but the nerves are always there before you go out. And I, I tell people, I said, when you when you don't have some type of feeling or you know nervous feeling before you go out, it's pretty much time to leave because you know pretty much means at this point you you really don't you really don't care. You know, later on in my career where I was only working once or twice a year, you know, then you it really, it kind of went full circle because now I'm thinking, okay, did did I prepare enough to go out and perform, uh, you know, is my body going to answer, you know, whatever I ask it to do? Is it going to, you know, do all those things? You don't have those thoughts when you're in your early 20s, you just go out and you do it. And.
0: So it kind of got uh, more nerve wracking the less you were actually on television. Oh, and pay per views.
1: Oh, absolutely, because you know, everything just based on timing. And when I was working full time, and there were there was a stretch there where I don't know, there's an eight or nine year stretch where I averaged 250 dates a year in the ring. I mean, things just I, you know, it was all second nature, and you don't you just you just do it. And but when you when I started working once a year or twice a year, you're you're going into that memory bank that you 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 can see what you want to do, but you you're, you're always nervous of whether or not your body's going to be able to do what it is you ask it to do.
0: I feel you've probably talked about this before, but I would like to ask you again, just in general, the the gimmick of being a dead man, the undertaker, how did that kind of come about? And did you ever think it would be as successful as it's been all these years where you know people still want to see the undertaker?
1: So the original the the character the likeness the name Vince had all that it was all his brainchild Uh, he was just waiting for somebody to come along that he felt like would fill that gimmick Uh, I think he needed a big guy with no personality and here I come knocking on the door right so I I gravitated to the character immediately I I mean once once it was mine he said okay this is what we're gonna do then it was like. Okay, this is. I'm going to take this character and I'm going to make it my own. And it was pretty easy actually to, once once I kind of realized what it was that I wanted to do, it was kind of easy for me to continue to develop the character. And then I, obviously I had Vince's okay to, you know, once he gained my trust to to be this dead guy. And you know, every you know every once in a while I'd have to ask him because I would get a little, you know, there were times where I would get a little bit morbid and. Uh, especially when Paul was still with me, you know, we'd start talking about, you know, worms eating rotted souls and uh, rotting flesh and taking souls that like, are we cool with this? You know? This, yeah. And it was so, yeah, like I said, it just becomes second nature and, and um, you know, i have any idea that I would be here 30 years later and still be relevant. No way. I don't, I don't think anybody, especially in this industry, can can foresee 30 years down down the line I, I mean that's just uh i've been incredibly blessed um i've had incredible people to work with and people surrounding me to help us get us to where we're at today but uh you yeah, know when i first met with vince and he shows me the storyboards of what his character what his undertaker looks like i did not see in the fine print this will last 30 years you know that's just that's that's nuts
0: so, cause I know obviously you haven't, you've been the American badass. So you've had, you've been able to change the gimmick a little bit. Is there kind of looking back, was there anything that maybe you would have else you would have wanted to change? Or like, are you completely happy with the way, you know, your WWE career was?
1: Uh, I am pretty happy with how things turned out. The American badass came along right at the perfect time that I needed it. And, and that was basically just kind of to free me up enough that, that I could hang with the likes of the Stone Colds and the and the Rocks and all these guys that were doing these over-the-top promos. And the, as good as the, the original Undertaker character is, it was also kind of shackled to what he could do and what he couldn't do. The American Badass, all that came off. I could talk as much trash as anybody else. I could say what I wanted to say. I could work the way I wanted to work. It just basically recharged my batteries, uh, knowing full well I would always go back to the original character. But I don't have any regrets. The corporate ministry got kind of, to me, got a little little cheesy, you know, but what am I going to
0: do? <laughs> my friend wanted me to ask, She's like, um, why did he hate his character in 1999 so much? But I have no idea what she was referring to.
1: <laughs> the uh, corporate ministry was not my favorite. But <laughs> it started out really cool and then it just kind of we kind of added way too much stuff to it and Vince got involved in it and Shane and you know it was just like this is a little bit too much.
0: Are you by the way, are you done? Will we see you at Survivor Series?
1: I will be at Survivor Series.
0: Excellent. In some, yeah,
1: in some capacity, I will be there. I can't give up, I can't give up yet what how I'm gonna be there, but I will be live at uh okay. at Survivor okay. Series.
0: Excellent. We will all uh, tune in just for that. Um, so, speaking of Survivor Series specifically, because that's obviously where you debuted. Do you have a favorite Survivor Series moment from your career, or just in general, even if it's not involving you?
1: It's hard not to go with the debut. I mean, obviously, that's what got it all started. I mean, that was the you know that was the beginning to an uh, incredible run. Um, you know, and then the following Survivor Series, I won my first world you know my world championship against Hulk Hogan. Yeah, I mean, there's been several great memories, but I, it's it's kind of tough to beat your debut and and knowing that that launched you know launched my WWE career.
0: What is your favorite WWE moment? Or your favorite wrestling moment, just in general?
1: Personally, I mean, obviously the match that I had uh, with Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 25 um, on a on a professional level, and you know our our personal relationship. I mean, that was awesome. Uh, I, it was as close to a perfect match that I'd ever been in. And then I, I think as a body of work, not only the, those two matches that I had with Sean followed by the two matches that I had with, uh, triple H, you know, with it all, come, you know, coming to an end at uh, the end of the air and hell in a cell. And so I had so much respect for those guys and two of the guys that I love working with more so than anybody. And then the moment of the three of us, standing up after that match was over, standing at the top of the stage together, you know, not knowing, you know, whether or not I was going to come back the next year or what happened from that point on. It was a really cool moment to share with two guys that I have the utmost respect for. And then four years of storytelling that I'll put up against any.
0: What has to go on between, I guess, two wrestlers to have such a spectacular match? Is it just chemistry? Is it like just enough preparation for it or what would you credit to those matches being? So as, as well done as they were.
1: With, with us, not, not so much preparation. It was so, because at that point in our careers, like, I mean, we'd been around, I mean, there were what, 50 years of experience at that probably at that point between the, between the two of us, you know, Shawn Michaels knew how to be Shawn Michaels and Undertaker obviously knows how to be undertaker. A lot of times what happens in matches when you have characters that are that strong and the, the guys that you wrestle with sometimes get nervous and they get, cause they won, they want to, they want to, you know, they want to do right by you and they want this match to be special. So people end up getting nervous. Well, what was really so good about Sean and I was we did, we have unbelievable chemistry together. I mean, just in the ring, I, I tell people this all the time. Shawn Michaels should have a great match with a broomstick. I mean, that's just how good he is. So you have Shawn being Shawn, not having to worry about Undertaker, Undertaker being Undertaker, not having to worry about Shawn and just do what we do. It, it was, it's just magical to the, you know, when you don't have to necessarily think for the other, your other, the other guy in the ring. And so we just, we just got to do what we do. And you just feed off of each other because you know, you know, you, you know, instincts and you know where he wants to go or he knew where I wanted to go. Um, it's very rare that you have, um, you know, matches that are that smooth. Yeah.
0: It's a, uh, I, cause I think it's actually on the WWE channel. You can probably watch it right now. It's a, uh, it was a great match. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't brag or I don't, but I'm, I'm really proud of that match and I'll put it up against just about any other match that's out there.
0: Just uh, so just wondering, are there any wrestlers that you would have liked to have competed against that you just, you never got a chance to, and you would have liked to have taken them on in the ring?
1: Uh, Andre. Yeah. We worked in the company at the same time, but at that point, Andre's health was not real good. Uh, And, but I would have loved to have had an opportunity to work with Andre. I would have loved to have worked with Harley race. I was fortunate enough. I got a chance to work with flair and, but uh, I think Andre really jumps off the page at me as somebody that I would have really liked to have worked program with.
0: If you were to go back in the ring now, are there any wrestlers that you would like to, <laughs> to take on?
1: Yeah, there's, there's, there, there's a couple. Obviously, um, if, if I was to get back in the ring, I, I would, you know, I think there's unfinished business I, I would have with, with AJ Styles. Very proud of the, of the Boneyard match. But obviously, that that came about, Due to you know COVID and all that, um, so I would have liked to have had a match with with AJ in the ring. I, I think he's probably the greatest worker of this generation right now that's in there. There, he's just so good, can work with anybody. Closest person that really reminds me of Sean uh, as far as in ring ability, you know. And then there's 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 a few other guys, but he's he probably he's definitely the top of the page
0: your theme song is so iconic in the wwe um i know there's been different variations of it but obviously the gong is just it's very you know iconic can you just talk a little bit about how that theme song just i don't i don't know if you you know if, if you have a say in how the theme song goes or if you're assigned it or
1: well it starts out like it used to be jim johnstone used to do our music and so they would they would cut it and then you know they'd play it for you and then like okay, that's cool, but can maybe we bring in, then I would add my twist on it and say, well, I think right here, you know, the spacing between this this gong and this gong, uh, it, it needs to be a little bit longer. And, and you know, uh, and then I would figure it out, like when when I would start to, you know, obviously my entrances were very long. So, you know, I wanted to make sure that that the music Stayed at the same pace, so you know th- those were little nu- nuances that I would have to, uh, you know, I would interject. But um, yeah, most most guys that that are really hands on, you know, they get involved in all that. Like I have no music music talent or ability, but I do know what my ear likes, and I know what I do. So how I knew how to, you know, make them both work together.
0: Did it? Did it take a lot of time to get to that theme song, or it was mostly you heard it and it was great?
1: Uh, no, because I, 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 the original one I loved, I loved, okay, I said this is perfect. I said, I, I just need a little bit, you know, a little bit bigger, longer between beats or, or here and there. So it was just fine tweaking, really. Um, and then obviously, as the character would evolve a little bit and become a little more demonic, there would be a little more of a, there may have been a guitar riff in there or, you know, just different things just to, just to keep it fresh.
0: Does your own theme song pump you up as much as it pumps up all the fans?
1: Um, that <laughs> no? that first gong does. I think those two are they. They kind of go together because it you know it goes black and you get that you get that reaction. But then they you know with the, our our audience is trained like oh, okay is it him is it not going to be him especially with me because I'm not, I'm not there very often anymore. And then gong. and That's like, oh wait a minute, you know. So there's a there's kind of a crescendo building up, and then finally when you know I walk out, yeah, that that's the best because that's that's when I know it's actually me. And but that first gong, that is still to this day kind of makes me feel good that that uh, I'm doing something right.
0: It's, uh, it's an great theme song for a 1997 interview in Kuwait with Vader.
1: <laughs> I do remember. My
0: friend brought this up. Because I had no idea, because I'm obviously not from the Middle East. I'm from the US, but he's like, oh, ask him about this.
1: Um, yeah. Also,
0: I, I also don't know if you know this, but you have a huge following in the Middle East. They love your character, even though it kind of goes against
1: everything. Normal yeah. World.
0: But that you're very, very popular. Do you have anything to say to the, your fans in the region? I, I, you
1: know, I just, yeah, I, I am aware of the fact that I have a huge following and I appreciate it. Uh, I, I appreciate it so much. Um, and for fans, especially so many young fans who really didn't even get to see me in my, in my heyday that are just, they're just nuts. Even to this point, even, you know, going to Saudi Arabia and all those different places, just the outpouring of affection by the fans is uh, it's great. And it always helps. Like I said, it always helps me go out and feel a little bit better and perform a little bit better, just feeding off of, of their energy. They're, they're great. And I hope that we get to do more over there.
0: That was Mark Calloway, also known as the Undertaker. Thank you for listening to Recorded. If you like this episode, subscribe to Recorded by clicking the subscribe button on your favorite podcasting app. This podcast was produced by Arthur Edison. I've been your host, Evelyn Lau.